Welcome to Idaho Speakeasy. I'm Mike Turner with Jared Cosby, and we're on a mission to uncover and share the stories of Idaho's finest entrepreneurs, community leaders, local icons, and those who are impacting our community. I'm Mike Turner, and I'm joined with Jared Cosby, as usual, and we do have a guest today I'm very excited to introduce, but before we do that, it is Radiothon, do, do, do. yeah, and so uh, we have some, I think, probably the coolest gifts out of any other DJs, I call myself DJ, even though <laughs> I don't play music, um, and and so let me just say, uh, we Jared and I are on air for between three and four, this is our, this is our time, this is our gig, and, uh, and so to help encourage and inspire uh, more donations I know you've, if you've been tuning into the station you've likely been hit up already but you haven't heard about these awesome prizes we have for you this hour so um, okay let's get into it so we during this hour we are giving away I hope you're listening a whole year's worth of organic coffee delivered to your door and includes chocolate I'm not kidding. This is quite the gift, um, and it's from Happy Day Brands, and it's a really cool company. If you were listening last week, you noticed that we we spoke to the founders of that company, and they uh, they're doing some really amazing things. Where every time you buy something from that company, they they help feed uh, someone in need, and it's just they're just. Uh, We'll, we're posting that show on our website very soon. It, it was really cool. And they have stepped up to help us with supporting Radio Boise. And they're giving away a whole year of coffee delivered to your door. And they're throwing some chocolates, too. Um, and so from Happy Day Brands. Um, so it, we're just giving away that this is our. So you, if you just call in. And during, sometimes this hour is 208-258-2072 or go to radioboys.org before probably 355 because then we're going to do a drawing and then someone's going to get it. And that's not the only gift that we have on table, but someone's going to get a whole year of coffee. Someone else is going to get, uh, a, well, they're going to get their worst pain <laughs> <laughs> dealt with. So we have uh, Rita Miller. She's a, a fan of the show. She's been on the show. She does. She's a physical therapist who actually comes to you and she's going to give her a whole, uh, give you a free session where she can come, you know, you might have annoying back pain, an old injury, but you never really sorted out or ignored. And uh, she's a, an amazing physical therapist and she will meet you. She's mobile and uh, she's really good at not just, you know, uh, you know, identifying the problem but helping you solve the problem so she's really good she's giving away a free session and at, then, at her at your house like yeah. she'll come directly to you yeah no doctor that's a 150 dollar yeah. value by the way so yeah. um that's really cool and then one more we have drake mechanical uh they were uh, another big fans of shows they made a nice big donation last week that was awesome and they stepped up and said that they were they will do a pre- preventive maintenance service uh, on your on your furnace, right? So it's that time of year that things if it's if it's been neglected, don't wait till it breaks. Yes, because when it does, uh, two hundred other people are going to be in Same front day. of you yes. because it's cold. Yes. So, so they're, they're, they've stepped up to so Drake Mechanical. So all you have to do is call in 208-258-2072 or go to radioboise.org sometime between now and 355. Don't wait till the last minute because at some point, we're going to take all the names and draw for those awesome prices. And by the way, if you do call in, if you do donate, uh, they will... 
the Radio Boise also has some cool swag that they'll give you too, depending on how much you donate. But um, our our prizes are awesome. I hope you win. So call, do it now, and uh, okay, we're good there, right? I think we got it. Yeah, yes. do it now. We're going to RadioBoise.org. Let's it's quick. Okay, all right. Yes, yeah, so now uh, let me introduce you to uh, Jay Signs. He's a digital man- marketing manager at Oliver Russell, and he's also doing this thing, you know, uh, he's involved with something called Plastic Works, and I'm really excited to talk to you about it. He's here right in the studio with us. Welcome, Jay. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> okay, so Jay, um, uh, so we were, ta- we're, we're outside the studio, we're waiting to come mm-hmm. on, and you show us this piece of plastic that looks like a, like a floor tile or a wall tile. It's got some cool whites and reds and mixed colors in it. It really looks like it's been a clever design. And then you drop the little you know bomb, and by saying, like, yeah, this is what, six solo cups or something like that? Yeah, that's right. So uh, what I brought in today was the was actually the first product that we pulled from our machines. So Plastic Works is essentially a small-scale plastics recycling plant, and it allows us to take many of the plastics that are not recyclable, recyclable right now and turn them into physical products. The reason we chose wall tiles and floor tiles is we wanted to show people these, these plastics can be turned into really durable and long-lasting products, and these don't, they don't need to wind up back in the waste stream. So it's always exciting to hand that to the people and let them Yeah, know. I mean, we felt it before the show. It's tough because it's radio but that being six solo cups it's thick it's hard as hard could be and it's amazing that without adding anything or taking anything away um you can use that as a tile yeah it's an amazing material we're we're craftsmen in plastics you know (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh let's do some backstory here okay Okay. so um you mentioned plastic works what's the story behind it how'd you get started what what, why are you doing it? All that kind of stuff. All right. So I work over at Oliver Russell, and we're okay. a purpose-driven marketing firm. And my, I actually have two titles there, so digital marketing manager and helmsman for good. Okay. And one of the things that that second title uh, is for is to help ensure that our company is always living up to its values creative, collaborative, progressive, and socially responsible. After the news broke that China was no longer going to be taking in these plastics and we started seeing some issues coming up with plastics in the waste stream, we just said, well, this is we, we've got to find a way to at least start the conversation around this problem. And so um, I approached the higher-ups at Oliver Russell and another company called Humanista, which is partnered with Oliver Russell. Um, and just said, hey, there's this really great open source plastic recycling kit from a company called Precious Plastics. And they just give you all the, the blueprints. Let's take that. Let's modify it, really up it for the American you know, market, and let's create something really interesting. And you know, Russ Stoddard, being the visionary he is, the founder at Oliver Russell, said, okay, let's go. <laughs> and that was, believe it or not, seven weeks ago no way (laughs) so the product that you're seeing in front of you and all the machines and the container that they're going to be put into and the location we secured and the partners and everything seven weeks wow it's been wild (laughs) yeah wow um and so there's so many things to talk about i want to explain explain a little bit more about the, the stuff that you can't recycle because right. I don't think people are, define the problem a little bit more. Right. Yeah. So obviously everyone's got those orange bags showing up in their home. Sure. And um, I wouldn't see everybody. But. <laughs> well, a lot of people have those orange bags showing yeah. up in their home, and 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 while that's a a solution for now, I think there's been some confusion around what can and cannot Correct. go in there. 
one of the big things that can't go in there is just single-use water bottles. Yeah. And so that was one of the first things we looked at and we said, well, we can recycle that. We can turn that into a product. Our clamshells, you know, the things you get your food in almost every day, mm-hmm. we can we can recycle that. Uh, so, so it's really the materials. We're really interested in the materials that cannot go into those orange bags or not go into your blue bin. Because that's where there's an issue right now. Absolutely. But I think overall, we're really trying to change the way we think about plastics in general and the way we think about those products. Because, you know, plastic's a precious material. And and if you go back to the 50s before it became, you know, really used on everything, it was the thing that saved kids' lives. It was the thing that protected you in the hospital. It was the thing that it's a really amazing material. I'm not here to demonize plastics. I'm here to say... Why are we putting this in the waste stream at all? It's an amazing material. We can reshape it. We can make products out of it. And maybe we shouldn't make 40% of the plastics we use single use, you know? Mm, right. <laughs> right. Let's treat it with a little bit of respect uh, as a material and use it when it needs to be used and use paper and other things when, when we don't. Yeah. So. You know, it's, it's interesting, too. I, uh, I do a lot of traveling and a lot of traveling overseas. And I see the, the biggest difference that's so... Uh, um, well, there's lots of differences, but one of the things that I notice when I'm inside people's homes um, as I travel is that their waste bins are tiny. Mm-hmm. They're tiny. Um, they do not have these giant, I mean, <laughs> at my house, I have these three giant, I mean, I, I, like three people can fit in these things, kind of, uh, you know, garbage cans. Right. And, uh, you know, and a lot of times we fill them somehow. I don't know how we do, but we do. And all that stuff's going somewhere. And a lot of it is like, oh, I can't put this in the recycling anymore. I can't put this in. I mean, my wife and I are having this conversation all the time. It's like, well, what? And so, um, and so this seems like to be a growing issue and it's not just in Boise, right? So, um, but what, so what's the plan? So you guys have said, okay, we see an issue. Maybe something we can do about it. You've started down a path with Plastic Works. Where are you at now? And where what's what's kind of the vision that you're looking yeah. at? Yeah, I think the vision, well, the vision is twofold. First and foremost, we want to make Plastic Works a profitable small enterprise, right? A social enterprise, small scale, able to produce products that we can sell locally. But ultimately, I think this is this is meant to act as a lightning rod for people who are already thinking about this problem and who maybe know a lot more than we do about how to solve this problem and get them actively speaking about it, talking about it, coming to us and so we can help them find a larger scale solution. Uh, I've learned in projects that I've run in the past that there's a there's always a lot of amazing people doing amazing things that once you can bring them all together, right. that's where things really kick off and that's where really things start to happen. So we're kind of twofold on this. We're using it as an opportunity to build a business, also to start having conversations and build education around social enterprises and plastics and the way that we can use these materials. And third, to inspire more social enterprises to start up. You know, Boise's got a great community for building a company. And uh, if you're interested in solving this problem, start a company. And we're here to help. You know, we're here to inspire you and hopefully get you doing it. That's really cool. Because you're right, it's a it's a national problem, yeah. and I think the city of Boise is doing their best to to solve this problem, but we're going to have to come up with some new technologies and some new creative ways. Because for years we've been sending this material out into the ether, yeah. and rarely right. see it back. But now it's here to stay. Yeah. <laughs> it's come home to roost, so right? To speak. And and so I'm I'm looking at this tile that you brought in, and obviously this is just one example of 
uh, probably many, many, many that mm-hmm. you, of uses you could use with plastics. I, I, and it's, it's surprising that it's not, you know, really targeted and reused that as much as we might think. I mean, obviously we see recycled paper mm-hmm. quite a bit, but uh, I'm sure there is re- some industries that built around recycled plastic. But uh, um, but you're just having this conversation is kind of making me think of like, well, where do I see that? And how come I don't see it more? Yeah, of it? well, you're bringing up a really important point, which is when you start bringing this up to scale, contamination within the stream really becomes an issue. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one thing I'll tell people, if you don't know if it goes in that orange bag and you don't know if it goes in the blue bag, throw it in the trash. It's better for it to go into the trash than to contaminate those waste streams and make it much more difficult for us to, you know, refine and produce products from it. Mm. So the reason for us, we're small scale. So right now we're looking at collecting from specific partners, people who know exactly the materials we need and what condition it needs to be in. But when you start scaling that at the city level, the challenge becomes you get a lot of contamination in there. You have to clean it all up before you can reuse it. And it just becomes very, very expensive. Labor intensive, yeah. Because if yeah. I brought one of my orange bags down to you, you'd be like, "Yeah, you did pretty good." Yeah, you didn't do great. <laughs> you know, I give you I mean, a minus. Hey, my learning curve's high right now. I'm right. still learning it all, but yeah, you 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 would get that, and you can't you can't sort it by hand. No, no, you know, that'd can't. be just that's not, not profitable. It's yes. not efficient. So yeah. we've got to find solutions there as well. And uh, you know, educating people is a real big part of it. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how many people in my offices now can go, "Oh, wow, this is a five. This is a six, yeah, and me they just too. know it off the bat totally. you know? yeah. <laughs> and I think we're seeing that on the community level but you know to your point yes we can recapture this and make wonderful products out of it but it's really going to be up to large corporations and cities and and places that you use these plastics <laughs> to start incentivizing people to do to do so and it you know it reminds me of when I was a kid we would recycle our glass bottles and oh yeah cans and make get some money cents for yes. it and you yeah. know go buy some 3d that went away you know what, whatever did. happened to that well I think you're gonna see it starting to come back you yeah. know, at some point but I, I think that's one of the challenges is we've got to get people excited about about plastics and I, I think you know the thing about crafting something locally in a in a very inexpensive way and in a way that people can relate to and understand is a great way of getting people to go, oh, I get it now. Right. I see what plastic can become and how I can use it. And it doesn't have to go into that waste stream. So we're hoping yeah. for a lot of aha moments there. Yeah. Well, you know, some, some ideas is just coming to me as we were talking about it is that because you're right, if, if we could get the consumer who's using the product to do the conditioning mm-hmm. and if they make it get it the conditioned right. then maybe you get a little bit of something for your time um it seems like a great model if it you know if it makes sense um and if it works but you know uh but yeah maybe that's part of it it's just not just hoping hoping consumers get more responsible and giving them a path to follow but also find some incentives mm-hmm. but uh you know hopefully, hopefully it's not not that much of it won't take that much incentive because people want to help fix this problem yeah i think a lot of people would say well the incentive is a clean and healthy environment right right (laughs) which is important yeah exactly you know i mean i was just thinking of the kids out there who are willing to work for you know 25 cents an hour Mm -hmm. so you know that's uh seems like there's if there's a way for them to process it from their households well just fill it just filling up a whatever those bags are, 16-gallon or 20-gallon bag once a week, mm-hmm. you think, geez, before that, 
that was all going in the dump right. in the landfill. So even you, you have, I have pride in that, knowing that I'm not putting those in the landfill anymore. Right, and those are be, being turned into alternative fuel. Or, yeah, yeah, so, down in Salt Lake or yep, something. It's yeah. pretty amazing. It is amazing. Well, we'll take a, a little bit of a pause here and thank a couple donors. We got Debbie, Debbie and Boise. Thank you for your donation. And Atri. Uh, Atri, thank you for your donation. So both those people can be entered in our drawings, which are for... Yes, we got a year supply of coffee and chocolate heading your way. Um, if you are the lucky winner, uh, if you donate during this hour, that's been provided by Happy Day Brands, super awesome company. And we also got the giveaway is a free assessment at your home or office or wherever you want it um, from uh, Rita Miller. Uh, she is uh, she operates in the Boise area, and she is a physical therapist that will come to you and give you a free uh, session to help you figure out you know to solve the pains that you're struggling with and then uh drake mechanical stepped up and is offering a free furnace preventive maintenance service um, that may seem like uh, something that you can put off until it really bites you in the you know you know what so uh three awesome amazing gifts that are, we're giving away this this hour um please donate and call 208-258-2072 this is for community radio the station you're listening to, hopefully there's a reason why you listen to the station because it's awesome. Um, <laughs> even if you don't particularly like our show, I'm sure you like others. But um, it's uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to be able to tell Jay's story and others and to talk about Plastic Works and talk about really amazing stories around our community. That's what Jared and I do this. this is why we volunteer our time. It's why we have a whole stu- studio out here of people, volunteers, hoping you'll call. They're here. They took time off from their day and they're sitting in here hoping the phone rings because the all believe in community radio and they believe in the station and the work that they're doing and uh, we'd really appreciate it if you could help us with our goals of keeping the station going and one more time with the phone number 208-258-2072 or go to radioboise.org uh, we're, we're speaking with uh, Jay Signs. he's um, the digital marketing manager over at Oliver Russell, but he also has a secondary title. What was that again? Helmsman for good. Helmsman, Helmsman. for good. I like it. And it's uh, like medieval. Helmsman. It's really you're really focusing on uh, this idea of not sh- of helping businesses and brands kind of uh, find their voice and ha- doing good, right? And so this is a really uh, an idea that seems seems to be from where I'm sitting at least getting more momentum. I, you know, and, and maybe that's wishful thinking, maybe not, but I'm, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing more people like, you know, uh, great stories. I uh, hear on Idaho Speakeasy, we get to share. Um, we're hearing about Jay and the leadership over at, over at Oliver Russell, like taking on projects like Plastic Works and um, this whole idea of collaborative giving and doing, doing, I don't know. There's so much to go down on this topic. But uh, we if we first started with Jay because they started this this new endeavor recently called Plastic Works, and uh, trying to solve this some of these these recycling issues we're having here locally, which is a national and actually worldly issue. Um, and I kind of love this how you guys solve problem. And you're like, you know what? 
maybe we should just go and see if we can kind of at least tackle some part of it. That's really cool. Yeah, and we've been lucky enough to have some amazing partners who have helped us do that. I mean, like I said, we did this in, in seven weeks. Yeah. And we partnered with Citizen Scientific Workshop, which is an amazing group of, of really intelligent people that create like STEM education stuff. They actually helped us build the machines. Oh, okay. And then Corridor Surf Shop, that's where our factory is going to be located out in front of. <laughs> so we're, we're seeing a lot of companies kind of doing the same thing. And I think this is indicative of a larger movement that's occurring. It's part of the B Corp, Public Benefit Corp, Social Enterprise Movement, which is something that a lot of people are just discovering. But I've been living in that world for six years. And, uh, you know, a helmsman is someone who steers the ship in the mm -hmm. right direction, right? So uh, one of my duties, along with some other coworkers at Oliver Russell, is to take the B Corp assessment every year. So I can tell you, you know, when, when an organization is committing to become B Corp certified, it's really a, it's a very intensive process to make sure all our governance and community policies and everything are in place. But we take that on because it makes us a better business. Okay, Jay, so for so people that have, have never heard of this B Corp thing, let's break this down. And, all right. And, and like, what, what what does that mean? People, A lot of people have heard of, like, a C Corporation. Mm -hmm. What is this B, you know, what does that mean? Okay, so there are two parts to this. Okay. The first is B Corp certification. And most of the time when you hear someone say B Corp, that's what they're talking about. We have some amazing B Corps here in, in Boise. In fact, Tree Fort Music Festival. Uh, Tree Fort was the first uh, music festival that became a B Corp. Oh, okay. So a B Corp is a certification. And essentially what happens is every two years, an organization goes through and takes an assessment. It can take up to 40 hours to complete this assessment. And it looks at everything from what are the policies you have for employment? You know, what kind of health care benefits do they get? What's the, the difference between the highest paid and lowest paid person in your company? Uh, what are you, how are you recycling? What are you doing as far as community involvement? Really? So it's a several hundred question uh, mm. <laughs> assessment that we get, go through. And it, it's kind of just proving out that we're walking the walk, right? So when you see that B Corp certified logo, are you, you're talking to a B Corp. That's a company that has made a commitment to ensuring that all its policies and procedures are in line with their values and in line with the B Corp certifications values, right? Mm -hmm. There's another thing, this is next step forward called Public Benefit Corporation. And there are 30 states in the United States that allow you to become a Public Benefit Corp. And this is along the lines of a C Corp. Okay. It's basically how your company is chartered and organized in law, right? So you can you become a public benefit corp. It's the legal status of your business. Huh. And what that does is it allows you to consider profitability beyond just shareholders. So right now, if if, um, I'd, if Oliver Russell was a publicly held company and I made choices that lost that company money on purpose, uh, we could our shareholders could sue us, right? Yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. we're privately held, but if that was the scenario, that's what could happen. So becoming a public benefit corporation allows you to avoid some of those issues because you're you're allowed to consider the environment and you know society as part of those shareholders mm. so that's one of the reasons and i'm not a lawyer there's a lot of other reasons right. for that yeah. right? but that's that's the gist of it on the on those two things you got a, a 
a B Corp certified organization and then a public benefit corporation. Mm. And it's funny, uh, Oliver Russell was the very first public benefit corporation in Idaho. And Russ Sauter got up like six in the morning and went and waited out in front of the uh, you know, Secretary of State's office to, to make sure he signed up for it. So it's, it's a really meaningful and important thing to organizations like us. And I think more and more as organizations realize that being a B Corp or a public benefit corp is about the future of your organization and its long-term ability to stay in business. That's why they're, you know, people get excited about those two things. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, and you know, the we had on Happy Day Brands on last week, and uh, you know, they're, you know, so much of their company is built around like, yes, we want a great create great products that people love to buy and consume but at the same time we want to take responsibility and opportunities to to when we have these cells to solve problems in our mm -hmm. community like hunger and things like that and taking uh, uh, just in, in, at least in my view this uh, enormous steps in that in that in that capacity uh, much beyond what I see mo uh, the the standard company might do, because it's so built into their DNA of a company, mm -hmm. their company, and uh, so that that was really uh, um, inspiring to kind of see them in business taking that going that far into that process. In fact, I, I can tell you that I know some Oliver Russell staff members were down with the folks from Happy Day Brands at the Idaho Food Bank this morning, uh, preparing a bunch of food to go out. So uh, they are an amazing company who takes a lot of, and their coffee's amazing, their chocolate's amazing, Little Pitch, you should, you know, go make that donation you want <laughs> right. for this prize. Yeah, that's, yeah, right. Because <laughs> I do, at home, I only drink Well, you coffee. know, and that's the <laughs> truth of it. Unless you have a product that is gonna be profitable, well, make it's money, be sustainable, you, you, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can't yeah. give back. Exactly. You can't You can't do one without the other. Yeah, I talk a lot about this concept of future fitness. Mm -hmm. I think sustainability has kind of become a word that people can get turned off by in yeah, a way. Yeah, that's just trying to maintain and yeah. right. fall down. Yeah. But when you look at a company, a company like theirs, what you're really seeing is an organization that is considering environmental constraints on their product they're considering you know the social aspect they want people to have better happier lives and they also make an amazing product right and so i think at the heart of it companies that become social enterprises b corps or public benefit corps they have to have that the product has to be amazing mm -hmm. but you know we are in a time when many products are, are fairly ubiquitous in their quality mm -hmm. um with the exception of a few things like this where the quality is just so much higher but you think about a cell phone, you think about a lot of these products, they're pretty much the same. Yeah. So what's the differentiator, right? What makes your company different? What makes Tom's or Ellen Fisher or Elaine Fisher or all these different brands that are have a social enterprise component to, to them different from the other brands? And I'll tell you some of the things that come to mind that are important for businesses to consider is, you know, we're seeing a lot more millennials and, and the younger generation come to companies and go, what's your purpose? Yes. Yeah. I don't have to work for you. I can go work for any number of companies. And right now with the employment rates where they are, they have choice. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're seeing a lot of people wanting to work for companies that have that social mission. So if you have it built into your DNA, you're gonna get really talented people to your company and they're gonna stay there. They're gonna be committed to your company. Uh, then you see it from the community side, right? People wanna support businesses that are doing this kind of work. And, and solving some social problems. So we could spend a long time talking about the value of this. Um, 
I could share one thing with you that I think is pretty impressive, which is a few months ago, uh, the CEO of BlackRock, which is an investment firm, they manage about $6.3 trillion in assets, sent out a letter to all the CEOs of companies that they manage and essentially said, you're going to have to have a purpose in order for us to continue to invest in you in the long run. You know? mm. And I'm paraphrasing there. Right. Um, but I see that both from the social side, the environmental side, but from the business side, it's about future fitness. We only want to invest in companies that we think are going to survive, you know, changes and drastic changes that occur to resource availability and employment and into social expectations. And so that's what it really comes down to in a lot of ways. Huh. So, all right. So let's um, let's go a little deeper into this whole fi- okay. uh, future fitness. But before I before I do, let me just do another quick plug because it's Radiothon, and we talked about Happy Day Brands. They are giving away a year's worth of coffee really delicious coffee you want to brag about type of coffee for a year delivered to your door and include their amazing organic chocolate um have i got your attention because i I can't imagine why this wouldn't get your attention even if you don't drink coffee i know you know somebody who does right and so you can be their best friend overnight if you call right now 208-258-2072 because uh some lucky winner this hour if you uh if you call into the station um is going to get that um you Technically, for Idaho law, you don't ha- not have to donate to get on the list, mm. but we really hope you do because Radio Boise is awesome. 208-258-2072 or RadioBoise.org. Okay, we're talking with Jay Signs. He's with um, Oliver Russell, and we've been talking about uh, this whole, everything from like, these B Corps ideas to these public benefit corporations and future fitness and all these big terminology terms that if you're just tuning in, it might sound confusing, but what we're really talking about is kind of shifting how businesses think and being more purpose-driven in their intent, not just for because it's the right thing to do, but because it might be the difference between them being around tomorrow or, you know, or not, right? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of something that you seem like you're trying to get to with this future fitness thing, because... It's kind of a, a leap from the 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 historical path of, of most people think of of capitalism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this idea of conscious capitalism is more <laughs> of a, a, a newer terminology, um, and uh, and I think capitalism in general does a lot, can do a lot of good because it can yes. hire people, it can lift up the the you know the the wage of a, a community, you know, wages mm-hmm. of a community. Um, but it's also looked at as a negative context because a lot of business owners have uh, have ignored some you know some of the things that uh, of being purpose driven or doing great things for their community. So let, let me let's just kind of let's let's go deeper into this. Oh yeah, yeah. Because um, <laughs> this is a maybe an often maybe a contested or misunderstood or something that's evolving a lot. So future fitness, did you, is that your term? Is that something that came from somewhere else? I, no, I haven't heard that yet. It's a term that's used in, in, in a lot of industries okay. to kind of determine whether or not an organization is going to be able to deal with changes in technologies, deal with changes in social pressures, et cetera, right? It's, and there are companies that actually audit 
an organization's future fitness. Um, huh. So they, they might go into a trucking company and say, oh, you're not investing in AI. Guess what? These other 10 companies are. You're going to have a problem if you don't start doing work in research and development. Oh, you have really bad employee policies. Well, guess what? All of your competitors have really great employee policies, and that's why you're seeing such a high attrition rate. You know, So the, these kind of things. I want to start with the, the capitalism thing, right? Because we're mm-hmm. big fans of capitalism. You know? right. yeah. uh, our, our founder wrote a book called Rise Up, How to Build a Socially Conscious Company. And we did that in part because we want more social enterprises to come about. And we've got to demystify this stuff. You know, mm-hmm. This is one, of course, yes, we want people who are passionate about doing something positive in the community. That's number one. It's got to be built into your DNA. But it's also, there's no mission without profit. You know, there's no purpose without profit, no mission without margin. These are the things we kind of <laughs> say a lot internally, but it's true. You need to have a good, solid product that is pulling in great profitability so that you can take that resource and use it to ensure that positive things are happening all around you. You know, it's you know, it's how you define profit. To me, I define profit as keeping a healthy environment and keeping a healthy community. You know, and if I make money and I can reinvest the, re- reinvest it in those things, I'm going to do it because that's going to improve my quality of life. You know, and, and just from a personal philosophy, my life is only as good as my neighbors. True, you know? right. And I really believe that. In some ways, we're going back to ideals that capitalism was built off of, you know, helping people achieve through work and, and really do amazing things through their through their jobs. So that's... I, I, and, I, and I'm going to push you a little bit deep further because I, I want you to kind of further sell me on this idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you have, but I, I think... I just I mean, I think for the the listeners, I want to if you just tell us how how a business, you know, by if they're being profitable and then giving it back to the community, that turns into like a, a like a profitable endeavor for them, right? right? Because this is not how all businesses think. Mm-hmm. But I want them to hear from your perspective why more businesses should be more actively, you know, at least considering these types of you know. Um, philosophies and these ways of uh, principles with their business? Oh, there's so many reasons. Uh, One of the ones I mentioned earlier was employee retention. Uh, So that's a big one, right? Uh, You want to keep people in your organization. That's one of the biggest costs that an organization has. Mm -hmm. And if you look at someone like myself, uh, I'm I'm expensive to replace. If you lose me, you lose six years worth of knowledge in an organization. And it's show, and they're showing that more and more employees are looking for that mm-hmm. because um, um, there's the difference between company A and company B might be almost identical on paper, right. except for maybe what they do, you know, you know, for the community. Right. right. So there there are several examples I can give. I, I, you know, Target's coming to mind. For years, Target, and you know, a lot of people may not think of Target as a social enterprise, and, and they're not a B Corp or anything like that, um, but I think they're starting to put policies in place that are moving them towards social enterprise, right? They may never fully get there, but you know, one of the things that we are committed to is educating everyone, and if I can get you 25% of the way somewhere when you were at zero, that's the best way to do it. <laughs> Now, we didn't work with Target, but I was at a sustainable brands conference in Vancouver, and um, the head of sustainability for Target was there and was, was giving a talk. And, you know, in 2006, they were really struggling financially, and they just didn't want to change the way things were working. And then finally, someone said, our legacy isn't guaranteed. 
You know, think about all the companies that have been around for a hundred years that have started going bankrupt and closing down recently. Right. Right. You Sears, all these places. You're starting to see a lack of innovation, a lack of new products. I mean, Sears was the Amazon for the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and now they're gone. And you know, when she was speaking about this, they were talking about some policies that they started incorporating. One, they're trying to get everyone up to $15 an hour by 2020, and they're starting to look at their health care and other policies. Um, but one of the big changes they made was they started giving employees time to experiment and create, right? So they were losing some money, giving employees time to do the things they loved, but new products came out of that, new products that had started, you know, allowing them to become profitable again. So when we're when we're looking at this from a 50,000 foot view, we see an organization that realizes, hey, if we pay our employees more, we make it less stressful for them to do their job and for them to live their daily lives, we're going to see benefits from that. They're going to create new products. They're going to be more passionate. They're going to be more present, right? We look at our policies and procedures around sustainability, and suddenly we're finding new ways of cutting cost overall, right? So you might see an organization like HP may change the way that it's shipping something somewhere, and that small change might save them you know, millions of dollars, and it also happens to be sustainable. So there are a lot of case studies around this, right, where companies start looking at their employee policies, their environmental policies, where they're gathering, gathering their resources, and they start realizing, oh, doing the right thing saves us a lot of money and gives us really passionate employees and allows us to do more. So I, I, I know that we only have an hour, and this is something that I could talk on just this alone for several hours, but I really want to drive home that for organizations that are starting to make these changes, they're getting more. They're getting more for their dollar. So it's it's profitability in a completely different way, but it helps the company survive. And I think it's really important that le your legacy is not guaranteed. Yeah. So you have to evolve and change as a company. And society's moving us this way, along with environmental resources that are starting to be more constrained or owned by other countries and we no longer have access to. So all of this is pressuring organizations to rethink the way they they work. So you might as well start rethinking it now. I, and I, you, uh, you, you, you said earlier that, uh, I, you know, to me, being profitable to you is the company is doing well, and we're able to you know do all these great things for the community. That was like it was in one, right? Mm -hmm. And I thought that was interesting because it reminds me of how I sometimes um, feel about the word wealth, right? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes someone can feel wealthy and not have you know more than twenty bucks in their pocket, yeah. right? You know, or to their name, because if you are doing something that makes you feel like uh, like for example, the first time I traveled to an amazing destination, when I didn't have very much money, when I got to that destination and sat on the beach, I was like, "Wow, I feel like I'm wealthy," you know, mm -hmm. be, to be able to do this. And uh, and so it's kind of that same concept because it's the feeling that you get from it. It's not just a, a tangible uh, how much is in your bank account kind of thing. It's something bigger than yeah. that. And, uh, and, I, and I like the idea of companies thinking more about in this way. Um, and it seems like a number of them are starting to do this. Yes, I, I think you're going to see the majority of companies you know, traditional, that have been around for a long time, and new startups moving in this direction where they're thinking about that triple bottom line of people, profit, and planet. Hmm. Um, because that's going to help us sustain our economy and our society. Interesting stuff. <laughs> yeah. We're speaking with uh, Jay Signs. He's with uh, Oliver Russell. He is um, 
He's the digital marketing manager, but he's the uh, chief helmsman for good over there. And he uh, he's in here. We're, ha- we're having a conversation. It's Radiothon. And uh, don't forget, you know, oh, we have a couple people. Yeah, another else one, yeah. Thanks to Mike uh, and Boise for being a community of radio supporter. Love it. Thank you, Mike. Uh, thank you for all of you who had previously donated last week. Um, we are super thankful for anybody who's donated. Radiothon is a, a week-long plus just over a week long affair of our community at radio boise um and we wish we could do it in one day uh but they this is takes this is just grassroots of volunteers in the in the station asking people they know i mean our wives donate to the show <laughs> every time we do this thing yep. you know we uh we uh we push you know every you know people who've been on the show before we just we we just try to make sure we can keep it sustainable and so it grows and so it it's so this radio station can be profitable in the sense of what it can do for this community because that's what we're talking about today is something beyond sustainability something that the the reason to do this is not because and to help it survive but to, to help it to continue to thrive and be uh, so much, you know, continue to grow with inside this community because it's impacting so many lives um, every day. And it's uh, we're, uh, Jared and I are so honored to be able to volunteer here to do shows like this and to be able to talk to people like Jay um, and have conversations like this. Um, so we've been talking about all kinds of things uh, if you're just tuning in. And uh, Jay, I said, is the chief helmsman of good over at Oliver Russell. Oliver Russell is a company that's uh, a public benefit corporation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked earlier about what that meant, uh, but it's 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 something that uh, I'm just now learning about, and I think it's really cool that uh, organizations are stepping up and making a, a, a decision mm-hmm. to do more for their communities and hold themselves accountable and responsible for, um, you know, uh, doing this inside their community. So, okay. What's, we've talked about a number of, uh, of what, you know, these B Corps are, and we've gotten these like these kind of tricky terminology and future fitness and stuff like that. Um, Jay, let's take a few minutes because you've been on a roll here. You said you've been uh, six years of kind of deep diving into this, these these uh, um, these endeavors, these types of endeavors of business for good. Uh, what kind of led you down this path? Because you're on a really interesting one. I'd love to know what kind of put you on it in the first place. Right. Um, so it's kind of interesting. I never imagined that I would be here speaking with you about this. Uh, a few years ago, I was doing a, a a portrait project. It was a black and white portrait project where I photographed around 200 folks in Boise. Um, It was at the sesquicentennial shop, these really Uh, large black and white photos. Uh, And during that process, I photographed Russ Stoddard, who's the founder of Oliver Russell. Um, And I don't know if we've even said this, but Oliver Russell's a a marketing firm here in town. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went into the office, shot the photo, you know, the way I, the process I had, I would spend 40 minutes with everyone. So 40 wow. minutes with 200 people in six months, it was quite a, an interesting thing. I haven't created since because it was so emotionally draining, but amazing, you know? Yeah. But during that process, you know, Russ is sh- sharing his story with me, and I'm listening to, to all the stuff I'm talking about today, B Corps, Public Benefit Corps, Future Fitness, kind of the future of our economy. And uh, it just lit up something inside me, and I go... You know, I've been an artist for years and years, and I think artists can really change the way the world works. 
But when I was listening to this, I thought, oh, this is a this is the way I want to do it. I want to jump into this and use capitalism as a force for good, use business as a way to start changing the way things happen. So a few months pass and I get, uh, you know, I get an opportunity to come and work with Russ at a, a startup that he had called Social Good Network. And then after that, um, you know, that project didn't end up working out for several reasons, but I was able to come on board over at Oliver Russell. And that's really when it started, you know, coming on board with Oliver, with Oliver Russell, knowing that social enterprises were, were the way that I saw making an impact on the world. Um, that's, that's where the passion kind of arose from. And for mm -hmm. years, I've always had this thing where I've believed that we need to empower the individuals around us and inspire other people. That was kind of the personal ethos that I was living by. Um, and that's great on, on a small scale. You can, you can help people live better lives and, and just work with them towards that. But to be able to do it and affect hundreds of thousands of lives, that's, that's where it's really at. And I think you see that even with plastic works. Mm -hmm. Plastic works may be small scale, but what we're trying to inspire is bigger solutions that will hopefully affect the lives of a lot of people. Yeah. in positive ways before we run out of time uh one little side note of you previously had chose to live homeless yes so let's hear yeah this. so yeah. yeah we've talked it's that kind of came up before <laughs> off air so what yeah let's go further back it, okay. it, it what's um yeah so what it was that something that you were pushed into or something you chose no, to do or? i chose it so i was in college in my early like 18 19 and wasn't doing too well uh and just realized that i was struggling because i didn't have enough lenses by which to see the world i grew up in a really small town in south texas and I decided to become homeless because I wanted to better understand other people's perspectives. And so living on the streets and actually seeing the way that people struggle to survive, which is something we're not all very familiar with. Right. You know, we're, we're used to air conditioning and to a comfortable home and people to fall back on. But to be in a space where that wasn't an option. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I didn't suffer from any drug addiction issues, from mental illness or you know, PTSD or any number of things that might keep some people on the streets. And that's not the case for everyone. But um, I always had the choice to go back home. So it was a different experience for me. And I recognize that. But gaining insights by speaking to those people and learning to see the world in a completely new way, um, that that's why I chose to do it. And it's why I chose to do it several times. Mm. Um, you know, first time three months, then six months, then three months again. You, you meet people, you talk to people, and you, you get a sense for a world that you may never have come to know. And mm. uh, it, it wasn't the smartest thing. It was fairly dangerous, and there were sure. definitely moments where, where terrible things happened. But um, I think I'm allowed to do what I do today and, and able to share stories and communicate with people because of those experiences. I just have new perspectives, new lenses to see the world by. Mm. That was my thinking. I don't know if it was right. <laughs> you know. Well, I guess when you're young and i mean the idea of, uh you do it by choice right it's the whole like the story of uh, buddha right or whatever it's like it's like he you know there's all kinds of stories in our different cultures of people choosing to go and live different lives right, right? and um you know i don't necessarily think anything's wrong with it it's just it's uh it's an, you don't hear that too often, right. James. I'm <laughs> choosing to do that, so that's kind of fascinating. Um, 
Wow. So, okay. So you've, you, you're at Oliver Russell now and this is a marketing firm and, um, you are <laughs> heavily focused on helping brands in this endeavor to be, uh, to kind of follow their, the, this, this calling, if you will, of them to do more social good in their communities and beyond. Um, how, how are you helping them do that? Like how, like what's your role in that? Like when they, they come for you to help right. for help. Well, we all know that attention is difficult to get, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and there are a lot of marketing firms that are out there that are working with companies, sharing their message and pushing it. And some of those companies, you know, we may disagree with. So we really bring all our marketing services, branding, digital marketing, PR. We bring those full force for companies that have a positive message that are producing products that create positive change in the world. So what we do for them is we help them do all their marketing needs and we help them identify the target audiences. We build out strategic thinking, we build out brand logos, et cetera. And we go to work, we come to play every single day with knowing that the people we're helping are people who are making these really positive products and really positive changes in the world. So that's how we do it. We do it the same as any other marketing firm does. But the thing that differentiates us is we select those clients. We know what they believe. So you would turn down a for. you would turn down a client. We've done it. Yeah. yeah. We've had to turn away clients that our values weren't in alignment. And that's that's best for both parties. Sure. Right? You know, we want to work with people who want to work with us and we want to produce the best possible work. So yeah, it's it's definitely you know becoming a social enterprise puts uh, your values and your mission and everything become kind of a litmus test right. by which you have to make all your choices by. So we definitely do that on a daily basis, but we also get a lot of clients that come to us specifically be because, because of, of that. that. Yeah, yeah, they're aligned with you already because they know your story and they mm -hmm. want to work with you. Yeah. Are you working with a lot of local companies, or is it more more national? We work with a lot of national brands uh -huh. and then a few local companies, but primarily nationally okay. at this point, yeah. And we, we just launched a consulting firm um, between Oliver Russell and a partner of ours out in Munich, and he was one of the big proponents behind this Plastic Works project hmm. um, called Humanista. So Humanista is there to start helping companies who are traditional companies that are established and are and they're thinking about becoming social enterprises or for startups who just need some guidance maybe startup CEOs and people who need guidance right. in, in following this path it's a very complicated subject and there's a lot that goes into how your company is going to operate if you choose to do this so yeah. we have both sides now covered we help you share your message and we also help you establish it and build it out so that's exciting Cool. Well, how would you, with a few minutes we have left, what advice do you have for Jared and I to get people to step up to chip in for radio? <laughs> you know, it's it's you know it's it's I joke about it, but it's one of those things where it's hard. It's hard for just like these businesses are trying to do good and trying to get their name out. Like, hey, look what we're doing. Will you support us on our mission to do these awesome things? Right. Um, but you're getting drowned out with like a million other things that people are bombarded by. Right. And so it's no no easy task, and radio. Boise has no easy task to try to to continue to to get the support that they uh, you know that will drive you know this radio station to allow it to continue to be the to continue the impact that they're they're making in the in the community and uh, every every time I have guests here, they're always surprised when Jerry and I are like volunteers I'm like really <laughs> you think they'd pay me yeah. to yeah. talk this bad on the radio right. no uh, we're volunteers and uh, there's volunteers out here standing by the phones I know this is kind of a cliche thing to say when every time you hear like a, a fundraiser on on the radio or TV, but really they're here and they're 
they're not celebrities. They're real people who've taken time out of their day to like, hopefully you'll, that you'll call. And we, and if you do in the next two minutes, right, like call right now <laughs> and you have chance to win a year's worth of coffee and, and chocolate delivered to your door. Uh, I, I, that alone should get the phone oh, just yes. really popping <laughs> because it's uh, Happy Day Brands and the, it's delicious coffee and they're giving a year supply for that. Uh, 208-258-2072. We also, you can get like a, a furnace cleaning or preventive maintenance yep. from uh, Drake Mechanical. Drake Mechanical is a big fan. They also have their own foundation of good that they're doing. Uh, we have uh, Rita Miller with direct uh, physical therapy, uh, direct PT, I think it is. I get that right, Rita. Yes, direct PT. Um, is a, she's a physical therapist that actually comes to your door, to your home, to and she can give you a free, you know, a, you know an hour to hour and a half long assessment to help you to figure out the the, the exercises you need to do in order to solve your uh, your pain. And yeah, that's it. We're basically running out of time, Jared. Yeah. I left anything out? I don't think so, except okay. the the donors. But I'd love to. Uh, you know the odds of winning one of these prizes is, is extraordinarily very, high right now. You should do very, it and do it now. Yes, it's very high. I'm telling you, well, we I'm haven't gonna, rattled off that many names. I'm going to wait a couple minutes. I want to. I want to get these people the opportunity to, to dial or uh, get online and get in here before we. Yes, run out of do time. it right now. Yeah. We will try to squeeze you in, and we will contact you if you win. Because uh, when you do. Uh, call in we'll get your contact information uh, but do f- consider making a pledge for radio boise um hopefully you're listening today because you are a fan of the station and if you've already donated already we love you thank you for doing that if you want to have a chance to win a year's worth of coffee maybe maybe throw in a few more bucks that's all i'm saying right uh 208-258-2072 or RadioBoise.org. Okay, so Jay, thanks for coming in. Thank you. We've been talking with Jay Signs. He's uh, he's with Oliver Russell. Um, he's the chief helmsman and good over there, and doing lots. Of that that whole company organization appears to be doing lots of cool stuff. You can find more information at OliverRussell.com. Yep. And uh, and then you know this whole stuff is Plastic Works. Yep. How do people find out more information about yeah, that? You can go to Plastic Works Lab. And okay. that's works with an S at the end. So plasticworkslab.com. Okay. You can sign up for our newsletter and we'll let you know volunteer opportunities, educational opportunities. and So ways don't to just drop plastic. don't drop off my orange bag. Not yet. <laughs> okay. Not yet. But, okay. you know, We're getting you sign up for the newsletter and you'll find it. I'll right. do it. Yep. Okay. So. All right. So uh, doing some really cool stuff. We'll be posting um, this information, these links, and more information about Jay and Oliver Russell and the work that they're doing on our website, idahospeakeasy.com. But yes, I'm hopefully you're not even listening anymore because you're off busy talking to uh, a volunteer here at Radio Boise. That's right. Giving your Making donation. Sure Radio yes. Boise's future fit. Get, yes. Get that, get that donation fit. in. Yeah. Yes. Yep. All right. All Love right. it. All right. Well, thanks, guys. We are out of time. Thank you, Jay, for coming in. It's been super fun having you. Thank you. And I uh, love the conversation. Let's keep having conversations like this. That sounds great. 